invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. I wish you all the comfort of a sacred space to feel and express whatever you need throughout your lifetime. Grief is meant to be honored, as it is the continuing expression of love. Be with your grief in that space that holds the memory of your beloved. These moments can be precious for those who need time to focus their grief. That, of course, is an excerpt from Kelly Grosslog's A Comforted Heart. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, Jeffrey. You know, I love, it just, it, it motivates me right now to remember I have to work on getting the book in audio because I feel like listening to the words has a different impact for me, at least, than reading them. So there's various ways that messages get into us, right? And yeah. so what we're talking about today, and you heard from our wonderful producer, Jeffrey Cloninger, reading that, we thought we'd start off with a little different way today to um, keep it interesting. And um, this is from an excerpt of my book where we talk about a place to grieve. It's, a, it's an interesting concept because over the years, I've seen things change quite a bit in the course of 25 plus years where we're getting away from maybe what we consider. In the funeral industry, we would call that a traditional burial where, sure. you know, there's a, a casket and a burial at a cemetery we're getting away from that, you know, not entirely, but we're we're seeing lots of various ways that we ritualize the end. And yeah, and certainly right now, um, in some ways, we don't have a choice. We have to get away from it because of what's going on in our world today. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. And so again, I want to preface this with saying there is no right or wrong way to do this. Okay, it's um, sometimes, and what's happening right now in COVID nineteen is that we are things are looking different. You know, the ways the rituals we're able to grieve are looking different, but the feelings of grief are just as intense, and if not so more. You know, they if not so, they really are even more intense. But this today, this podcast is talking about various ways to allow yourself the opportunity and the ability to really focus moments of grief. And so for me, I, you know, because my mother died in 1981, she, we had a traditional visitation. She was buried in a casket, in a vault, because that is pretty much what you did at the time. And when I go to Sandy's grave, it brings me actually quite a bit of solace. And we recently buried my dear Aunt Sherry, who's my mom's sister, but she was cremated. So we buried her urn, yet there's a space um, to go. A, a physical space. space. Yes, physical space. Now, I want to acknowledge that that doesn't make it any better than the person that decides to keep their ashes at home and create an altar or scatter the ashes in several different places. That's beautiful. It's what matters for you. But for when we scatter ashes in certain places... A lot of my patients say, I want to be scattered in the mountains and then take part of me and scatter them up at our lake cabin in, in the lake because I love water. That is beautiful. What I actually recommend is, let's say, the place that's the most attainable for you. So probably if you don't live in Colorado, the mountains. When you say that, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, what if I can't do that? What if I can't fulfill the wish of, of my loved one? 
You know, I think it's important to remember that you do the best you can do. Anytime I am working with families and the loved ones ask them to carry out a certain wish, and the family says to me, that's just not realistic. There's no way we can afford to fly to Australia and sprinkle them around. And so I have people be very clear. I don't encourage lying to them and saying, yeah, we'll do that, Dad, no matter what it takes. It's we're going to try our best, Dad. And then we've gotten really creative. I mean, stories where, let's say Australia, for example. I worked with a family once, and we decided, okay, we're gonna, they're going to bury their ashes, or they're going to sprinkle them around a tree at their cabin, and then they put on the tree a picture of Sydney. I mean, it was super cute, and it, it was it was it almost made them laugh. It was cute, but the point of this isn't the literal. It's more the create a sacred space. So if it, let's say you want to have the ashes in the urn, I know a lot of people do that. Okay, and they have it living on their mantle, or they have it living on their piano, or whatever. It I may love be. that you use the verb living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, yeah, I'm actually intrigued that I even use that. I, I don't know, but it. Well, I it, don't think you meant to, but you did mean to, like uh, at a subconscious level, mm-hmm. that's the space where your memory lives on. That's exactly it. That's interesting. I just, yeah, that just came to me. So there. Kelly Grosslogs, brilliant. <laughs> um, and so that space should be that place where you go. And you can be quiet and try to turn the noise off, whether it's two days after they die, whether it's 18 years after they die. But what's important, I, I truly believe this as a grief therapist, I do believe it's important that we have touch points and touch moments with our grief Yeah. to be able to just to honor them, to acknowledge yeah. them, to honor what we're feeling and not to get caught up in the time of judgment. Well, this has been 20 years. Because as you know, Jeffrey, because you've gone with me, is that 25 years after my mom died, I've gone and cleaned her grave and sat at, at her grave and cheered a glass of wine to her. And, you know, these these kind of things that really make me feel centered and quiet mm-hmm. and and focused. Yeah. So you, you can physically remember at a cemetery or through the placement of an urn or the spreading of ashes? What are some other ways that maybe are are associated but not um, involving the physical body or remains? Yeah. So that's a good point. I and Again, in grief, I've seen all variations of death. And I've worked with many people that don't have, um, unfortunately, any remains because of a plane crash or um, a kidnapping or whatever that may be. And we haven't recovered. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories like that and it still remains important that you have a place or a space. And that could, that could be a bench. That could be a tree. That could be a beautiful rock. I work with families who they get a big boulder And the kids get to be involved and they get to paint Mm, that boulder of things that remind them of grandma and whatever that may be. And that boulder is placed in a very sacred space so that truly when they want to be quiet, they simply go there. Yeah. Or when they want, and it's, it's cute. They have like family gatherings around the boulder. They, Uh they kind of bring their chairs and they sit around. That is their sacred space. That is what honors grandma. They don't have grandma's ashes. 
they don't have grandma's body because of the circumstances. No, but again, the memories and, and writing those memories on, in this case, the boulder, mm-hmm. which becomes the marker. And I love the exactly. word marker, yep. right? And, and even the way we use marker when we've got a Sharpie, why do we use a Sharpie? We want it to be indelible. We want it to last forever. Mm. Yeah, you know, right. And so, and I know a woman that has her wife, Tracy's ashes in a beautiful custom made heart. It's a glass heart and they embedded the ash, some of the ashes in this heart. It is so beautiful Mm. that, but what is really beautiful is that it stays maybe not in the same space in the home, but it travels with her when she goes hiking or when so Tracy comes with her. The point is when she looks at that heart, that glass heart, it allows her to be present in the grief. It, that's a, the, wherever that heart is, that is the sacred space wow. of allowing. And so, again, this is not a, it has to be A, B, or C, or it's wrong. Nothing's wrong, but my encouragement comes from allow yourself to create space. And, you know, some people use the word place. I, I'm going to say space because place... Yes, there's a physical place. Even in homes, I've seen beautiful altars created around urns, and you may not even know it's an urn. I mean, it, you know, some people mm-hmm. are very creative in what they right. put the cremains right. in. And so, but around it is a picture of the person or a bird because they loved birds or whatever it may be. And I love it because in the home, that's a place and a space you go when you kind of want to just meditate or be quiet or sob or punch a pillow or whatever it may be. Space is great too, because it allows you to maybe practice a ritual Mm -hmm. or a tradition. Yes. So I know every holiday Mm -hmm. when we get around the table, grandma's not there anymore, but, but we remember grandma. Yeah. Right. And we go around and we, we share memories of grandma and grandpa and that's a ritual and that's a space for remembering. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I love hearing, because one of the things, if I haven't worked with the family before the death and I am meeting them or the person after the death and, you know, maybe a year has passed, maybe months have passed, I will say, I will ask them to tell me, how did you have a moment of closure? Where is your loved one? Where, and it's, it's beautiful to see all of the creativity and there truly isn't a right or wrong way. There, there isn't, but we all can create a space. And even if we can't formally, you know, because benches are expensive and dedications in a park with their name on it is expensive. Or maybe we don't have a yard, so we can't plant something. Right. Oh, right. And so, but we can create that space and you don't even have to formally you know, I, I actually, I do encourage formally marking it somehow, Yeah, quite, quite honestly, because even if it's, you know, you live in an apartment and you don't, you don't have space, maybe, I don't know, maybe there is a special tree on a walk that you guys always went to and, you know, you mark it with something that you're, I don't know, you bring one of their special rocks and put it by that tree, but in your heart is what's important that that is the tree you go to when you're feeling scared or when you're feeling upset and it allows you to turn the noise off and to be with the grief because our society wants to do grief 
And you actually have to feel and be with grief. That is so important that at moments in your life, you are allowing yourself to be with it. Right. So the action is really opening up to the grief, Mm -hmm. not doing grief. Yeah, absolutely right. So you create a space to do that. You create a a ritual, a place, a space, and it sounds like you just be. Yeah, and it really can happen in like 50 square foot space. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big... Right, I'm hearing there are no rules. Mm -hmm. It's about honoring your loved one, trying to honor their wishes and balance that with your wishes and desires and your present reality uh, and what works for you. Yes, absolutely. And what feels good? What what soothes you? Yeah. Right? For me, I love the ritual of planting a tree, really for any reason, but especially in honor. And we did plant a tree for our dear friend, Bill, who died a couple of years ago. Yeah. And one of his favorite trees was an oak tree. Mm. And um, it was a specific kind of oak tree. Yeah. I think it was, was it the a whispering oak? Something. And um, Bill whispered in the wind. And that wind, may, may I tell you, it would just rushed through that little tree and it was just the coolest experience. Yeah. You know, of course we miss Bill and a tree will never replace the the relationship and the right. and the life of Bill, but every day I walked out of that house I thought of Bill. I know, and you know, it doesn't and I also want to say it doesn't have to be just one place. That's like, a great point. You know, we can have a couple places but I think the the thing that I see that's important, and it's never too late to create this space either. If you're listening to this and thought, oh, geez, I don't really have that space. You know, you know, they were a really important friend to me, but I never I never got some of their ashes or um, they're buried, you know, 18 hours away from me or whatever it may be. You create your own space in and you make it your space and where it's about allowing yourself to be quiet for a while or to sob or whatever. And the thing I love about the tree is I'm not saying these have to be really intense, like three hour experiences. It's walking by that tree for a moment, being quiet, being with that. Maybe sometimes you cry when you look at the tree, when you walk by, maybe sometimes you're happy. Oh, but you always think of Bill when you look at that tree. And that's the point. I, I do. And I want you you raise a really good point. I don't want people to leave here or thinking, oh my gosh, I have to spend an hour every day going to this place. I just created this shrine, this wall, right. this whatever, and make a big deal of it. It is a big deal just in the sense that you've created the space, but you don't have to exert yourself there. No. And what, what I want this place to look like. So I may go to a cemetery once a year, I might go once every five years. I might go six times a year. Sounds like you go when you need to go. These places, these spaces call us. Wow. When we are hurting, when something joyful has happened. I remember bringing my kids in their car seats to my mom's grave. And I will never forget, it was really impactful with Carly, I remember. And bringing her car seat and just sitting her on my mom's grave and introducing Carly to my mom. And mm. and I felt called by that. Like yeah. I felt, yeah. and I think these are places that call us when we're having emotions that we can go be with them. And so truly, again, I mean, there's, there's unrealistic things. Like you can't drive four hours maybe when right. you're wanting to connect with them. You connect with them in your head, you connect with them in your heart. But is there a place in your home 
that you can create that is that space where yeah. the noise can go down and you can be with it. I had an opportunity to say goodbye to Mr. B in my home. Who is? My cat. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes, Mr. B the cat. And mm. I said goodbye to him with a veterinarian right here in, in my house. And I was sitting on, on the sofa. And, you know, not everybody wants to do that, but it was a lovely way to go for him. And I, when I want to remember him, I sit in the space I was holding him. Exactly. When he died. And so I'm very grateful and lucky that I had that. Mm-hmm. And when you sit in that space... You have a picture that you can see of him. Right. That right there is 100% enough. Like, that is exactly what I'm trying to talk to yeah. you about. Yeah, and, and nor do I sit there and pine. You know, sometimes I'm sad, sometimes mm-hmm. I cry. But, I mean, I you sit there. You feel connected to him. I do. And the other thing is, sometimes I'm in that space, and I'm not thinking about him, and that's okay, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the same space I watch right. animated television, right? And it's just... Yeah. Don't feel like you have to always be in this mode of piety and reverence mm-hmm. when you're there. That's that's the thing that, again, yes. I, I, you know, it's okay. Yes. I mean, I have had moments, and for any of you listening that have buried loved ones or buried urns, you might be able to relate to this. I mean, and some people just, they, they, they have an experience, they have an internment, and they never go back. And that is absolutely okay. This is about where you can connect with your grief. So maybe you have an internment of something, whether it's ashes or a casket or whatever, at a cemetery. But in your home is where you feel the most connected to them. Because I hear a lot of people say, well, they're not there. I just, for me personally, I do find comfort at the cemetery with my loved ones. And that's just me personally. That doesn't make me better or right. It just, it's for me, it's the place that I am allowed to be with only that moment. And that is really probably the only time because unless I had a designated space in my home or out at a park or wherever that may be. And again, you know, people may be listening to this going, well, I don't need any of that. I can, I can connect with that person when I'm at the gym and I'm on the treadmill. Great. Then that's your sacred space. Right. You know, again, it's just I want you to have that space. And so if it looks like a pretty corner in your home or there's a plant that came from a funeral um, of the person and 15 years later it's still living and it's in a corner and when people say that's a cool plant, you get to tell the story of where it came from and then they want to know more about your brother that died, whatever that may be. That is the point of all of this. So it's not about so much the what, it's the how and the ability to be connected. And I I do, I believe these places call us. You know, and I hear a lot of people in grief say, I was so upset, I just had to go to my favorite lake and go for a run. All the time I hear that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then that's your space. Yep. That's yep. your space that calls you. And that... So, you know, wrapping this up, I think what's important is think about it today. You know, the person that you are missing, do you have a space where you feel safe? Do you have a space where when you're there, you feel safe enough where you can just cry or scream or laugh or whatever your move? Now, I've gone to the cemetery and sat there for three hours. I've also gone to the cemetery and left after six minutes. Neither one was wrong. It's what I needed. I right. felt called. I, For some reason, it's where I feel connected. I know she's quote unquote not there, but 
there is a part of her spirit that I connect with that is there. So I, that's, that's again, beautiful. that's again, getting caught up in the head. Is this realistic? Is this silly? Is it? No. Allow yourself a space, a very sacred space, wherever that is. If that's in your heart, when you sit on a certain spot in the couch, that's your space. And I think that's what's important. So think about today. Allow yourself to create, maybe it's three spaces. Maybe it's in nature. Maybe it's in your home. Um, Maybe it is a cemetery. Wherever it is, your grief is your continued bond. And that is a space where I want you to be able to continue to stay bonded and connected to that person you so love and so miss. Kelly, thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Jeffrey. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.